and all that that means for us. And um, just to say again, for Methodist, it's a topical series, so we're kind of looking at what the Bible says about um, being joined to Jesus. And that means that, um, uh, uh, as with all the sermons here, I'll be using uh, this passage that Christians just read for us as a base, so we'll kind of work from there, but we'll also look at, look at uh, what the Bible says elsewhere. Um, and um, hopefully that's going to be helpful for us. Now, just before we start, uh, let me pray and ask for help. Father, thank you so much um, that uh, you are a God of grace, that you have given us everything uh, in your Son. And uh, we pray, Father, this morning that truth would not just uh, reassure us right now here today, but actually would reassure us um, for tomorrow and for weeks and months to come. And pray that we would be resting in your grace uh, as we look at this passage and for, for our entire lives. And Father, we pray that you help us now by your Spirit to see, help us by your Spirit to hear your word. Uh, how do you know that you will keep going in the Christian uh, life? How do you know you'll keep going? Let's face it, uh, being a Christian is not very easy. Um, and uh, people can so easily give up. So I've been a Christian just over 10 years or so, uh, now it's not very long at all. And I've seen people, and I've heard many people, who just decide to kind of give up on uh, Jesus Christ. So consider these examples. Um, I, I just, I've kind of made, if these resonate with you in any way, I've, uh, please don't think I'm thinking of you, and I've just made these up. Uh, but um, from what I've seen and what I've heard, this is fairly difficult. Okay, so consider Ava. Ava has been um, faithfully served in her church for around 15 years. She turns up every Sunday. And uh, she's quite happy to kind of get stuck into anything and serve. And she's married with children and kind of life is fine and children grow up. And, and one day she goes into work and she's told that she's been made redundant. Now she knows that money won't be a problem, but it's more the fact that she, she, she'll now struggle to fill her time. She won't know what to, to do uh, and, um, and that that's something that she personally really struggled with. Now before she can kind of process uh, this, um, uh, one of her grown children phones up and, and tells them they've been diagnosed with cancer. And Ava's understandably devastated. Now, her husband, he, he's, a, he's a kind man, uh, but he's struggling to cope with this himself. He doesn't want to talk about it and doesn't want to listen to Ava at all. And so Ava feels like, uh, well, if he won't listen, then, then why would anyone in the church listen? Why would they want one? Uh, need to offload these things. So she just carries, up, t- carries on turning up on Sunday, serving others, trying to kind of brave her way through the, these situations. But during this time, all sorts of other things happen. So a cat dies, uh, she reverses the car into a lamppost while she goes out shopping. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, another time, uh, her, her purse is stolen. And it seems like there's just one thing after another that's kind of piled on top of her. Uh, and over a period of time, she starts to feel bitter. She can't understand why a good God, uh, God's grace is crystal in the mind, would allow this to happen to 
someone like her, someone who serves the church every week. And so in the end, she stops going. She feels like, I'm not getting anything from this. This is not worthwhile. I'd be better off. Um, I'm no better off than I am without him. And eventually, she loses sight of Jesus altogether. She gives up the church and she gives up on Jesus. Or, consider Brian. Brian's a single man. He's, he's really involved in church life. He goes every Sunday. And he's a massive encouragement to loads and loads of people. So he, he goes there. Uh, and he's always talking about the gospel, he's always encouraging others with exactly what they need to hear. Um, everybody thinks he's growing, and, um, and uh, you know, he seems just kind of completely uh, grounded in his Bible all the time. But no one knows about his constant struggle with lust. And because people look up to him, and he knows this, he feels like if they really knew what went on inside his head, Nobody would actually talk to him. They'd have nothing to do with him. And he kind of thinks to himself, it's okay, you know, I'm not hurting anybody, it's fine. But you see, then over time he starts to use pornography, hoping that somehow that will take his feelings away, but actually it just makes them worse. And more time goes by, and pornography isn't enough for him. So Brian then pursues real sexual relationships to satisfy his desire, and he stops desiring Jesus altogether. Or consider Clive. Clive grew up in a Christian home. He made a profession of faith when he was a teenager. He was baptised in his local church. But to be really honest with you, Clive was never that excited about church. Uh, he, he, he went away to university, he went to some senior meetings, he never really grew, and um, well, he moved away to the first job, he joined the local church, he thought it was what he ought to do, but he, he came on a Sunday morning, he left as early as he could, he wasn't engaged, and uh, one week, a friend invited him to go and watch a football match, he had a spare ticket. Now, Clyde doesn't really like football, but he thought, well, that's a break from from the norm that would do him good. So he, he went along to surprise he had a great time. And soon enough, he was going once a month. And he always looked forward to it. And a year down the line, even if he wasn't going to the football, uh, actually, he was doing whatever he looked forward to on a Sunday, but it was never church. And in the end, he just had no real relationship with Jesus. Now, as I say, I've made those, I've made up those scenarios, uh, but that kind of thing happens to people. Uh, if, you know, if you're long enough in a Christian church, you will see, unfortunately, you will see that kind of thing happen, or you will hear of it happening. So people profess faith in Jesus, they may even look like they give everything for Jesus, but at some point in their lifetime, they give up on Jesus. Now, if you're anything like me, You'll probably be sitting there thinking, that will never be me. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'll never be up to Jesus. But you see, the question I put to myself and I put to you this morning is, is how do you know that? You know, life is so uncertain. You, you don't know what's around the corner. None of us do. What kind of suffering we might face. What kind of temptations might prove too strong. Um, 
what you might enjoy more than Jesus. So how do you know that you'll keep going in the Christian life? Well, wonderfully, you can know. Uh, you can be absolutely certain that though you may face struggles and temptations like Abraham 9 and 5, you can be certain that unlike them, you will never give up on Jesus. And the reason is that those who genuinely trust in him are joined to him. It's a great truth that we see throughout the New Testament. We're spending five weeks, as I've said, looking at it. Uh, we, we, we see the truth. Every time we read these words, in Christ or with uh, Christ. And last week we, we, we saw that uh, to be in Christ is the way that we're saved. So one of you, you join to Jesus and, and he give, you, you give him everything that's yours. You give him your sin. He takes your sin from you because you join to him. And he gives you his righteousness. I say God sees you perfectly. Right now you're sitting there at right now. It's an amazing truth. And this week, I want us to see that, that actually we can be certain that the joy to Jesus, that truth lasts forever. Yes, so we, one day we'll stand before the judgment seat of God and we'll say it's all perfect in Christ. And we can be certain that we will stand there before God and he will say that to us. Because this week we see that we're joined to Jesus forever. Joined to Jesus forever. If he is really joined to himself, then he's done it forever. And uh, this is the, the big truth I want us to see this week. Um, this is what we see in Ephesians chapter 1 that we are joined to Jesus forever. So, if people who are joined to Jesus, we have everything. We see that there in verse 3. Uh, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. In the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You see, you join to Jesus, every spiritual blessing in Him. And as you read through this passage, we can see that's amazing truth. So we've been joined to Jesus, and we were we are holy and blameless in His sight, verse 4. We are adopted as His sons, verse 5. We're forgiven, verse 7. We know Him, verse 9. And just as we were thinking about last week, we, you know, uh, um, sorry, those are the things we were thinking about last week. Joined to Jesus, we have all of God's favour towards us. And what we see this morning is that for those in Christ, we have God's favour for the whole of eternity. Past, present, and future. And what we'll do is we'll just take each of those in turn. Uh, you see them as you work through the passage. So in the past, we, we see that we were chosen in Christ. We were chosen uh, in Christ. Now imagine uh, for each of us uh, who trust in Christ in the time where we came to him, um, and yet God knew that that was going to happen. Okay, God made that happen. He decided that he would join you to Jesus before you were even born. Just look at verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless 
in his sight. So you see, he's talking about a God simply was. That was it. There was nothing else. There was just God. And he knew that he would create that. He decided to create that. He decided that he would create you. And not only that, but he decided before anything existed that he would save you. That's incredible, isn't it? But before he did anything, he thought of you and decided to save you. And what we see here in verse 4 is that we are chosen. We see that in him, in, in Christ. So he chose us in Christ. That, that means that, that, that you chose us to join to him. Now, that doesn't mean that at that point, before the creation of the world, you were actually joined to him. That came at a, a, a that happened at a point in space and time. But what it means is that God had always thought about you that way. So before anything existed, he looked at you and not, not as your sins deserved, but as somebody who joins Jesus now. Now that should, that should yeah, I mean, that should warm our hearts, really, is to think that God was mindful of us in that way before he made the world. And I guess if there's any kind of thought in your mind that that, that, that makes God some kind of controlling dictator, well, look, look at what's going through his mind as he chooses you. Did you see that verse, very end of the first four, so for he chose to be before the creation of the world, to be holy and lowest in his sight. How did he do this? In love. In, in love, he predestined us. See, God ordered the events of your life. He sent his spirit into us to ensure that some point we came to Christ. Because he loves you. And of course, that happened to us, didn't it? If you trust in Christ, that happened to us at some point. That's the second thing we see here. That we have, we have redemption in Christ. We have redemption uh, in Christ. Just have a look at verse 7. Uh, it says what it just says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. See, this deals with the present. See, we have redemption. So that means we sit here uh, as we sit here, we're people who've been purchased by the blood of Christ. Uh, we paid for all of our sin, and as a result, we've gone from kind of one ground to another. We've been captive to Satan, but he's brought us back from that, and now we belong to Jesus. And we sit here, holy and blameless as a result. Uh, all our sin forgiven. Now, of course, we see there in verse 7 again that that happens. You see, let's start at verse 7. That happens in him. And we're redeemed because we've joined to Jesus. That's what we were thinking about last week. This is a present reality to, for us. It gives us assurance uh, today. Um, and uh, you know, as we wake up in the morning. But you see, having been chosen for that to happen, and having now sit here as redeemed people, we see that actually the future for us is absolutely guaranteed. This is the third thing we see here in Ephesians 
we have a guaranteed inheritance in Christ. We have a guaranteed inheritance in Christ. So verse 13 here, we, we, we see what's happening in the present. Our joining to Christ means that we know the future. Just have a look at verse 13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth. So you've heard it, you've heard the gospel of salvation, you're included in Christ. When you believed, as you are presently, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions to praise his glory. So you see, when you came to Christ, you received the Holy Spirit. This is how you are joined to Jesus now. So he gives you himself uh, by his Spirit, which lives inside of you. And whilst that's an amazing thing, and you have all of the Spirit, I'm guessing this, this is what uh, Chris made this point, that we you know, kind of have all of the chocolate bar, we have all of God uh, in of ourselves. Verse 14 tells us actually there is more to come. So that's not that we have any less of God. Um, but, but, but there is more to come. It, it, it's in the Spirit, it's like a deposit, it's like the first installment, uh, a payment of wealth, a, a payment that promises of wealth or of inheritance. It's a guarantee for a future inheritance. And, and, and this is how that works. We are joined to Jesus now by faith. But one day, the more to come, we, we will be joined to Jesus by sight. So all the saving benefits that we have now, holy, blameless, adopted, forgiven, but they, they are kind of things that seem abstract, aren't they? They kind of seem a bit out there. But one day, they will be fully realised. We will see Christ. We will be with him. We'll be presented before God in him. Uh, we'll be with him in glory uh, forever. Yeah, that's the inheritance that we look forward to. So having been chosen in Christ, and then before the creation of the world, and then that happens to us, redeemed in Christ, we are guaranteed an inheritance in Christ. And, and the point is that those who are joined to Jesus will keep going. That's a guarantee. We know we will keep going because we're joined to him forever. From eternity to eternity, before the creation of the world, to, to the glory to come. You see, what you see here is that being joined to Jesus is a bit like a, a, bit like a, a train journey. Uh, so, some years ago, um, uh, Susan and I went to Scotland for a holiday, and uh, we were staying in Glasgow, and we took a day trip to Edinburgh. Now, if you, if you don't, if your geography is really poor, basically you're heading kind of across country. Um, not very far, um, and we caught a train. Uh, we had a lovely day, uh, Edinburgh Festival at the time, sort of castle and that kind of thing. And when we had enough, we, we got back to the train station, hopped on this train, uh, expecting sometime later to reach Glasgow. And as I watched us, you know, stared out the window, and um, realised that things outside were becoming more and more rural. And that's what, not what I was expecting as I was heading towards Glasgow. So I turned to a person nearby and I said, excuse me, do you know where this train is going? <laughs> and uh, they said, oh, this is non-stop to Perth. I said, non-stop to Perth. I mean, yeah, Perth is like north, like, you know, 
Um, uh, and I said, it doesn't stop before Perth. I said, no, it doesn't stop before Perth. They said, this is non-stop to Perth. It, it's final destination to Perth. By turn to season, I said, this is non-stop to Perth. <laughs> I said, we, 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 can't, we can't get off any sooner. Now, in the hope that it was some kind of mistake, I grabbed the kind of ticket, that to lady, the short bus, excuse me, where did this train go? She said, this is non-stop to Perth. I said, really? I said, she said, yeah, non-stop to Perth. My destination is, is Perth. It's non-stop. You can't get off before then. It's, it's non-stop to Perth. Now, almost before I finished speaking, a voice came over the tunnel and the train, the delay on the tunnel said, this train is non-stop to Perth. <laughs> it terminated to Perth. Uh, this is non-stop to Perth. Now, I've exaggerated the conversation there. Right? I can't remember if I, I'll actually go to anybody. But, I mean, that really happened. But you get the point. Uh, we're on this train, and it was not stopping okay, until it reached its final destination. We, we, we were going there, whether we liked it or not. And, and you see, being joined to Jesus is a bit like that. It's a bit like being on that train. Though it's not a mistake, it's not a waste of time, it's not a bad thing. It, it's a great thing. And it's much more than I've described. So if you, if you think of it in terms of salvation, you know, God chose to put you on that train. So before it arrived, before you arrived at the train station, he made sure you were always going to step on that train. Ultimately, you had no choice. And now you're on that train, or better, in that train, you're in Christ, it's a non-stop train. It's not going to Perth, it's heading to a glorious inheritance. And you cannot get off. You have no choice. That is where you're going. So you've been joined to Christ. You can't be unjoined to him. You're joined to him forever. That, that's, that's wonderful. And that is how you know you will keep going. Because for those who, who God has given his spirit, uh, who's genuinely joined to Jesus, then the words, the words that we read in Romans 8 here, have a look at, at, at these great words. This is true for those who join Jesus. Paul said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And his point is that whatever life throws at you, Nothing can take that away from you. You are joined to Jesus forever. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, two things I think. The first is, um, uh, first is praise. Uh, first thing uh, that, that this issue is in is praise. And we see this here, don't we, all the way throughout Ephesians 1. So just, just look with, with me. You see there, verse 3. Paul says, praise... Be to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he's predestined us, verse 6, to the praise of his glory, of his glorious grace. Uh, we were chosen and saved, verse 12, um, uh, and you see there, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And we have an guaranteed inheritance uh, at the end of verse 14, again, to the praise of his glory. So you see, being joined to Jesus forever tells us again, you know, we've got this with Chris 
uh, leading for us uh, so well that, that our salvation, past, present, and future, is not for ourselves. It's all of God. So uh, one author, Marcus uh, Peter Johnson, who's a lecturer in the States, uh, he's written on this subject, and he says this, he says, once joined to Christ, believers will never be separated from him. This is not because our grasp on Christ is so strong, but because his grip on us is so unbreakable. And he will never, ever let go of you. And so we should praise him. That's where our security is. So when we experience suffering or temptation or, or spiritual dryness or half-heartedness, the right response for us is to praise God that we will keep going, that we know we will keep going. Praise God that he guarantees it. More than that, this truth is we can praise God even in those times, even in those difficult times. So uh, Wayne Grudem, he, he, uh, he's written a, a book on systematic theology, and he, he, he writes this. He says, if God is active for, for our good from eternity to eternity, then also in our present circumstances, we can know that he always works what's best for us. So you see, even in our suffering now, we know that somehow God is working for our good. Because that's exactly what he's done for us all the time. And so we praise him. Second implication is that we persevere. Uh, persevere. So look, if Christ has hold of you, if you're joined to him forever, that means that you will keep trusting Christ. Okay, so salvation is not, you may have heard this kind of phrase before, uh, once saved, always saved. That's not salvation, not once saved, always saved in the sense that you can kind of pray a prayer and actually you just kind of kick back uh, until you get to heaven. The, if, you're joined, if, you, if you're genuinely saved, then if you're, you're joined to Jesus, then that will show itself in persevering faith. It, it, it will look like trusting Jesus for a whole lifetime. Now, you have no choice with that. You're joined to Jesus, and, and so he, that will be the fruit of that. Um, that you will keep trusting in all of that looks like. And it doesn't mean that we'll live perfectly. Persevere. Actively do that. 
Now, aside from his spirit, God gives us two main ways that we to ensure that we keep doing that. There's, there's two main things that he uses to keep us trusting Christ. Firstly, his word. So the New Testament is absolutely packed full of warnings that tell us to keep trusting Christ. So here's, here's just one example. Uh, here Hebrews 2. It says, pay the most careful attention to Jesus, therefore, uh, to what we've heard, what we've heard about Jesus' gospel, so we may drift away. He's saying, keep, keep trust, trusting what you've heard. Keep trusting the gospel. Keep trusting Jesus. God gives us those commands so that we listen. And we do keep trusting. Not in order to be saved, but because we're saved. Because we're joined to him. And those who are joined to him will respond to those. They will keep their trusting. And then more than that, God... Uh, gives us not just his word, but he gives us one another. So again, uh, in the book of Hebrews, here's what we, we read. Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Again, it goes along the same line, so that you may not be caught in a pattern where you may end up drifting away from Jesus and think you're okay. You know, that's why God puts you in a church, to keep you trusting and what's really striking is that about three examples I gave is they had two things in common. One is that giving up didn't just happen if they woke up one day, it happened over a long period of time. Yeah, it's not just this decision that you go, I'm going to do this off. This is drifting. And then secondly, the thing they had in common is they didn't feel like they had anyone to talk to within the local church. And so they withdrew. Please don't ever do that. God puts the church there so that you will keep going and keep trusting Him. And He gives us one another to encourage one another daily as a way those who are joined to Christ, joined to Christ forever. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that we sit here as people who are joined to Jesus who know where we're going. We know uh, that there is a new creation ahead of us where we will fully see everything that we have now by faith. Help us, Father. Therefore, to praise you for that truth, even through difficult times, and to keep trusting you as those who are certain to keep trusting you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I should have said, sorry, uh, before we started, that we have a kind of a question answer time for such thing. And this week, I don't know if this is going to put you off or not. Well, we have a, a roving microphone um, which will come around and speaking to this. So everybody can hear your lovely voice as you ask a question or you throw a comment in there. Um, and so uh, we can do that in a minute. Before we do that, we, 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 we take a chance to talk together about what we've heard. That might help you just to process a few thoughts or, or realise that you've got a question. Um, so uh, let's just take a couple of minutes and then... Um, I'll pass that around to you.